welcome everyone to this week's episode of Holistic Conversations with Vicky and Bron. We really appreciate you joining us. This podcast is all about how you can learn to live well, be healthy, have gorgeous skin inside and out, and really thrive as you get older. By sharing our knowledge through real life experiences in our holistic beauty practices using natural therapies as well as high tech science know-how, we will impart behind the scenes how-tos on how you get the most out of your day to live with vitality. Hello. Hi. Welcome, welcome everyone and Vicky on 22 3rd 22. Yoohoo. Great number. Wow. Got to be good. Yep. And we, today we're talking about menopause and perimenopause and all the changes and effects and um, I guess we start with what is it, right? Yeah, it's all that the fun times, the fun hormones that actually um, affect your skin. Actually, that's how I came to notice it was um, in clinic. And I don't know about you, Bronwyn, but we know when you see clients' skin suddenly start changing, you know, losing elasticity and they're like, no, nothing's changed. And, you know, their skincare hasn't changed. So it was like, aha, this is the start of perimenopause. Yeah. Yeah, because often too, if, if we're staring at our old mugs in the in the mirror, we don't notice on a on a um, kind of everyday scale. Um, whereas quite often, you know, you don't see your clients for four to six weeks, and you get a bit of a shock, don't you? Yeah. Um, oh, hello. <laughs> yeah. So um, I guess today we're going to talk about what we can do with products and regimes and protocols or principles that we can apply yeah i think lifestyle makes a big difference more than people realize and it doesn't have to be like oh you have to be pure (laughs) but it's just like being realistic about um potentially what what you used to do before you were 40 suddenly doesn't work anymore and you just got to change the mindset a little bit so that um, symptoms that start coming up that are actually hormonal, you can um, ease through it with grace. Yeah. So, so what is menopause? What is menopause, Bronwyn? All, all pausing on all men. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we want to pause on men. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> no, but I laugh because the old-fashioned names, it kind of sounds like that's what it means, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's the, well, menopause, there's obviously different stages. The perimenopause is kind of the start of the changes where um, hormones are changing. Yep. And that could be the start of the end of our periods, of our, our hormonal cycle. I guess is the easiest way to put it. Yeah. So I think it's good for listeners to know that typically the general age, because everyone is different, is around 40 to 45, you start losing a little bit of estrogen. And then typically from 45 to 50, you are really in perimenopause, which is the phase before menopause. So menopause actually means where you have gone 12 months without a period. So you don't actually know that you're menopausing (laughs) until you've gone past the 12 months and then you're like, oh, that was it. (laughs) Yeah, because quite often, as you say, it affects um, women differently. 
and quite often people's periods are continuously irregular anyway. Yeah. I don't know about you, but mine were always like clockwork. Yeah. And um, I've gone through it all now, funny enough, funnily enough, and I found that um, it was the first lockdown um, that I don't know whether it was stress. I didn't think I was stressed, but I just didn't get a period for three months. Mm. And then it's like, oh, oh, they're not coming back. Oh, okay. Whereas in that time, I've talked about it quite a bit, when I had all those um, what I thought were allergies seemed to be a big influx and decrease of hormones for me. So I was, I found I was a lot more sensitive. Yeah. And I was reacting to things that I wasn't necessarily reactive to. And you know how men kind of um, laugh and say women are so moody. It wasn't that with me. It was more physically. Right. It was more like, it, it was really distressing actually. Um, you might remember it was, I got really bad rashes around my neck when I ate something and I couldn't identify what it was. So I kind of put it down that I eliminated wheat and dairy and sugar. Yeah. But at one stage when I was obviously, this this time I was very stressed because I just lost my girlfriend, but it was almost anaphylactic. Mm. My throat was tightening. You know how you get those big welts and you just feel it tightening and tightening? And this was in within a 15-minute um, car ride home. Gosh. And so it was really scary. And then kind of um, I realised after a while that it was obviously my hormones fluctuating. Which mm. was causing this reaction, and so quite often, um, like I point out to clients, is it's quite it is quite hard to identify what is going on. But you you might just say, oh, you're at that stage in life that, of course, your hormones are going to be fluctuating. So that's kind of easier way to identify it yeah. and assume that's what's happening. Yeah. What you find? Yeah, I definitely find if. If you kind of think about the age brackets and, and things are happening, like some of those symptoms, obviously moodiness, bloating, like everyone's so different, maybe insomnia, maybe hot flushes. I find that people don't get hot flushes until maybe just before they're going to menopause. Yeah, it's, it's later on, I find yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, Initially, I, and, I find uh, it's it's all the moodiness and for no reason or teary or, you know, <laughs> can't sleep, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and also what you were saying, Bronwyn, with the, the rashes and stuff, that, that's because as your hormones go up and down, so they don't go on a constant downward slope, like some people think, okay, my hormones are going to start shutting down <laughs> and they're going to go on a nice even tilt and I'll just get less and less and less. But it's like a roller coaster, <laughs> literally and physically in your body. So you feel like you're on a roller coaster. So your hormones are literally going up and down. So estrogen goes down and then it got plateaus and then it goes down and then it plateaus. So essentially yep. it's getting your body used to having less and less, but it feels like you're on the roller coaster too. And some some women are fixing and things like, you know, um, constipation or um, they go the other way as well. It can be um, things like that that they wouldn't assume was caused from hormones. Yeah. You know, it's not the, the obvious physical signs. They're just thinking, yep. you know, what, what have I eaten or, um, nothing's changed in my diet, whereas um, 
like I said, you can come become a lot more sensitive. The hot flushing is a good indication. Is kind of that's what's kind of going on. You know, <laughs> this intense heat all of a sudden. Yeah, which is quite bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, um, if you've ever had one yeah the other thing that I find a lot of my clients talk about is um, aches and pains like random muscle aches joint pain um, and I because I do triathlon I have a lot of friends that you know as they go through hormonal changes they start to get injuries so that is a classic sign if you've always been quite active and then you start you know getting injured for no apparent reason or you're putting on weight for no apparent reason they seem to be like, just be aware. Now, it's not always the case, but just be aware that it could be um, that those hormones are changing around and you're coming into that time yeah. where things are different. It doesn't mean it's going to stay like that, but you just need to do th- things differently. Yeah, and it could be that you could get away with um, eating a lot of carbs and all of a sudden you can't. You're, you are, like you say, putting up, gaining weight or... Um, you just really need to change everything, I think, almost sometimes. Yeah. Um, or, you know, like I, I said, you know, it might be the littlest thing that will make all the difference that you're not really aware. So it's kind of, you know, I think a lot of people know their bodies really well and then all of a sudden if something's out of sync, there is a reason. It's not, it's it's different than having a food. Yeah. But sometimes if going on and you've got um, a busy lifestyle it's kind of hard to see the wood for the trees so I guess that's where someone like um, ourselves come in um, or some other nutritionist or or health profession where they can see you from an outside point of view and almost have like a checklist yes that, um, that you can go through yeah and I always like to um, check off things like you know what's your stress level on a scale of one to ten one being you're not that stressed and ten being you're super stressed now I do get a lot of people come to me and say oh you know what I'm actually not that stressed so I'm probably about a six but then they lie down on the bed or or have a facial or whatever or I'm talking doing a consult and then that I'll tell they'll tell them about the you know day or whatever and what's happening and then they go you know what, actually, I think I am quite stressed. I think I'm about an eight, but that's just at the moment. So it's kind of good yeah. to... Yeah, isn't it? Or I find that they put up with so much, you're straight away thinking, how? like to me, six isn't normal. Yeah. That's kind of getting off the Richter scale, let alone an eight. No one yeah. should ever be past four, really. Um, obviously, there's going to be times in our lives where... They are obviously a lot more stressful than others, but yeah. if that's your normal, any wonder there's a roller coaster happening inside your body. You know, like exactly. um, things like losing weight. An example of of what we're saying is is um, well, men as well, obviously, um, put on weight during those hormonal changes. But if you're stressed, there's no way you're going to lose weight. Yeah. I mean, you can lose go the other way and lose too much weight but you're not going to keep the nutrition um, nutrients in, in your body so um, your normal shouldn't be way up there yes um, there should be a reason for it otherwise you've got to change your whole lifestyle and that's what I find the people or the women that come to me that have got the the worst end of the scale as far as symptoms come 
are the ones that are the most stressed. So there seems to be a direct correlation with stress levels being high and that might, and so just to identify what I'm talking about with stress. So what I see as stress is that your body's always on. So what I mean by on is you're always in fight or flight. You're busy, you're doing stuff all the time, you haven't got time out, you can't sit down to do something for yourself and relax. You're always busy, 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 doing, 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 and there's no time. Yeah. So, so your adrenal going full force and a way to approach it could be like a, a, a an adrenal gland um, flush or, or um, detox. Yeah. Something yeah. like that with, with um, going to a, a naturopath and getting some, some herbs could, could just help it. You know, like um, you're saying about the client getting on the bed, I find that quite often they lie down and it's almost like you can hear their heart pumping. It's kind of like boom, 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 boom. And you're like, wow, you know, like um, they just don't know how to turn that off, do they? No. It's quite incredible. Yeah. And actually that's a good, that's another symptom of perimenopause. So I've had quite a number, and I actually had that myself. I'd lie down at night. I remember this actually, and I must have been about maybe 48 and I'd lie down, I'm thinking, crikey, I think I'm having a heart attack. So my heart would be like literally jumping out of my chest and I'd go, oh, um, I, so I'd start deep breathing because I knew how to, you know, control my breathing, luckily by then. So I would start doing meditation type breathing or yoga type breathing. And then it would, you know, finally calm down. But I'd be thinking, oh, should I be calling someone? I literally feel like it's going to jump out of my chest and it was coming up my throat. <laughs> but that is a symptom of perimenopause. So that's a sign you need to slow down, do more self-care, take more time out. Um, and things like that will affect gut health, <laughs> so potentially weight um you know how you digest things how you absorb things so you might be constipated or actually i had the other side of the scale so more diarrhea and gut issues at that time didn't didn't link it all together um but also i know a lot of other women get brain fog and memory so i had that i had actually the whole um you know that you're thinking of a word and your mouth couldn't, it wouldn't, it was like the, the pathway had closed off. There was no like exit for the word to come out. <laughs> it was almost like you got that brain fog when you're pregnant. So it is like that. I think back to a lot of their symptoms that they got when they're pregnant, they might get when they go through menopause because it's how your body's reacting to those influx of hormones. Yeah. Which is kind of the same thing that we're going down in the scale rather than up in the scale. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. And equally, it can be like when you went through puberty. So if you had a really rough time at puberty, mm -hmm. then really start looking at lifestyle things that you can clean up around your diet and um, exercise and movement and breathing because, you know, potentially it could, not always, it could be quite, um, you could get a whole range of symptoms going through menopause. It seems to be the same. Have you um, come across anyone that has cravings, different cravings like you do when you're pregnant? When you're pregnant. I haven't actually, no. Pregnant. Did you get cravings? Um, oh, I get cravings all the time. <laughs> Sometimes I, th I think it's um, 
Mother Nature's way of looking out for us. I, I find um, it was, um, I remember chocolate milkshakes was a great thing when I was pregnant. And um, I do find that that is something like, you know, like I'm not talking about the sugar. I, I will make a, like a chocolate milkshake with a banana and cacao and coconut milk and ice. And it's just so satisfying. Mm. But it's actually really good for your skin and really good for everything going on in your gut. And, and um, I still have those kind of things that my body seems to know what, what I need. Yeah. Because you're good at listening um, to your body. And I think that's a big key thing is we need to learn to listen to our body. But you have to be in a space to listen so some people come and they go oh I think that doesn't feel right but it's like how do you know what good is until you've actually got there (laughs) so until you're in a good space you can't then reflect and go oh does this feel right for my body or does it not feel right for my body you've got to get into a healthy plateau first of you know really well good wellness before you can gauge what makes your body feel good because your mind might say oh I feel like that because it's a comfort thing or an emotional thing and your body's going oh I don't want that yeah exactly I mean if you're obviously putting it in your body and then you're reacting and take that as a no yeah actually (laughs) a really good example of that is alcohol you know how I I hear this all the time women come home from work and they've made it through the day and they've got the kids into bed you know the kids are a bit older so they're often doing stuff and taking them to sport and then they sit down and they have a wine while they're making dinner so when it's you know alcohol particularly if it's every now and then then that's fine but if it's every night thing chances are it's going to build up and then there's reactive, if you think of it like a volcano, there's stuff that overflows. So it either comes out as hot flushing or weight gain or irritability, moodiness. Yeah, because not only is it basically a a sugar, it's also a diuretic. It's, um, you know, it's going to increase your temperature of your body. It's going to, you know, like spicy foods as well. If you want to keep your body temperature normal, then you've got to, alkaline and and calm everything down yeah so yeah your whole regime we're you know we're in our 20s we can cope with things a lot easier yeah what we should be doing is building up so when we have these go through all these sensitivities or these reactions or these changes we have got that um strength and balance to cope yeah i think it's kind of building up that's how i kind of explain it or or look at it you know like um, you tr- you're training for a marathon. You're not going to go out and run the marathon. Mm. Um, you're going to train and um, eventually get blocks. stronger and stronger. Yeah, yeah. Holding. Start with the foundation and and build upon that. So um, and things so build up. is gonna gonna you know help and and so yeah. One of the big things is stress. Um, yeah. Keep that down, and you're kind of halfway there. I find. Yeah. There's also too, I think, you know, what you mentioned before about you reacting to stuff. There's a lot of environmental stuff that then obviously builds up. You know, you've had like 40 plus years of built up toxicity levels, if you like, of just things going in, you know, in our water and our food, you know, preservatives and stuff. And maybe in our skincare that's going through our system that our body's been dealing with. And, and then the hormones start changing and it's going, ah, I've had enough. 
and it gives you a reaction. Yeah, how can I fuck with this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you do have a reaction, my advice is to peel back yeah. and, and go back to the basics. And then um, it might be something like you have to do a food elimination and start all again. Yep. Because don't don't go on and tell us that you never were reactive to this food. Well, your then is now different. You've, yeah. You're going through a different stage in life, so we've got to treat it all differently. Yeah. And it could be it could be some like you say some product in your skin regime that you that you loved that now is just that toxic overload for some reason. Yeah. Um. If if you get rid of the stress and you lower your hormones again, you might be able to cope with that product. Yes. But at this time, it's too much. Too much, yeah. So, yeah, what would be your advice for someone that's going through everything and they come and they come and see you and they're like screaming, you know, you can just see every part of them is like, ah, and um, you, you're trying to calm them down, you're trying to get the, give them a treatment, you're trying to give them all this advice. Yeah. How would you start? So, you know, initially you've got to get your nervous system out of that fight or flight before you do anything, before you even look at nutrition or and or sleep kind of thing. So those are my two areas, really. So I get them to start belly breathing. So and then trying to create a muscle memory around the belly breathing so they can do it at any time of the day and get the nervous system to get out of that fight or flight side of things and into rest, digest and repair more so that their body can Explain calm what down. The, um, what the body, the muscle, um, what did you call it? So muscle memory. So you know what? If you put oh, your hand over your, yeah, if you put your hand over your tummy button and then you do some belly breaths, then all you, and, and you do that every night. So I usually get my clients to lie down at night and do 10 breaths or six breaths um, lying, you know, before they go off to sleep. So they're actually in bed, they start belly breathing, but they put their hand over their tummy button. Then during the day, if they're getting stressed out or if they're having a panic and they identify like, oh, I'm getting myself hyped up about this, they can literally put their hand over their tummy button and breathe like just normal. And they started that muscle memory happening. So where the brain is switched from the fight or flight to the parasympathetic, which is your rest, digest, and repair. Yeah. And so everything starts to calm down and your breathing will start to calm down. And it just takes you out of that uh, reactive phase from a physical perspective. Yeah. So rather than having to think about breathing deeply, by merely doing that, their body remembers that that reaction and to calm themselves down. Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. 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 So it's kind of almost like how a mother would calm down a baby that they know that by the mother's touch yes. that everything's okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite incredible, isn't it? It is quite incredible. You can put your hand on your forehead as well because there are those trigger points there. But usually if you're at work and you start doing that, kind of looks like someone's like, oh, have you got a headache or something? Whereas you put your hand on your tummy, people just don't, they just go, no, oh. no one notices. So you can kind of easily do it. Or you can be standing in a queue or something and you're getting a bit ragey or someone really ticks you off and you can literally put your hand over your tummy and, you know, like, all right, count to three. <laughs> so that sometimes can make the biggest difference because then you've got time when you're in that rest-digest phase of the brain, then you can be more rational 
rather than emotional with your reactions about stuff. Then you can make better choices around food, how you react, you know, physically to something, but also it feels like you've gained a bit more control because sometimes the worst thing is you feel like losing control of your body like you're thinking oh my god I'm turning into this monster and I don't like this person and then you get angrier and you lash out at people like and usually family and I I find with um those those clients that um quite often it's good after the treatment and they've written down or you've taken notes and they say no not menopause on you yes 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 after the treatment we've calmed them down straight away they're a lot more rational yeah. And if you haven't got time in that appointment, then you can kind of address it the next time. And yeah. then they go away and there's so much karma and they love that reaction to what they don't often understand what you've done to them. Mm. But all they know is that they feel better. Yes. And so in the next treatment, I find I can dig deeper yeah. or kind of um, address the issue rather than going, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. And that's the same with um, yourself. If you if you kind of gave yourself a list of 12 things you've got to do, mm. chances are it's too hard and you're busy, stressed out life. And you do zero. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. So, um, okay, so we're calming them on the table. We're yep. slowing down their heart rate. We're um, giving them deep breathing. So straight away, you know, the um, flight and fight's kicked out. We're into the, um, you know, the nervous system's calm. Then straight away, even then, their skin is not going to react. They're not going to have those hot flushes when they're going through that. Yeah. So we've got to kind of say to them, okay, you need to introduce some kind of meditative or deep breathing in your own time as well at home. It's not like a once-a-month thing. And what I usually say around that, because people quite often will say, I don't have time to meditate, which I totally get because I used to say that too. And you were probably the same. In my my early 40s, I was like, why aren't you joking, right? Sit for 10 minutes. But all you need is 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes at night. And and, um, recognizing if you get up earlier than the rest of the household, you've got that time to yourself. So it's like quiet time. No one's going to be wanting something from you. So you can kind of cherish the time. And then you can yeah. do a little bit of breathing and get into a bit of a sink. You can do some planning for the day if you want or intentions or whatever you want where you've got a clear head. Um, and then you start looking forward to it. And then if you do it again at the end of the day, I call it defragging. <laughs> so just kind of offloading everything onto a piece of paper usually or, and then doing some gratitude. So you're getting into a nice a good feeling before you go to bed, and then you just let your brain do the rest overnight when you're sleeping. Then you sleep better yeah. too. Because it's so much more beneficial to getting up those extra 10 minutes rather than going, oh, my gosh, I've had an interrupted sleep, la, 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 I've got up with the toilet or hot flushes or, you know, whatever in this stage of life. Yep. You gain so much more benefits from getting up that 10 minutes and just having that 10 minutes to yourself. It's like a... You know, two-hour power nap, really, isn't it? It is, really. And if anyone has read the book, The 5am Club, or what's the other one, The The Miracle Morning, I think that's Hal Elrod or someone like that. So I've listened to those on um, 
Audible, they are so good and they would get you motivated to actually try it because it's very hard to get out of bed earlier than your normal. So so just yep. do it in increments. So think about when you had kids and it was daylight saving and you were trying to get them back into sync and you do it 15 minutes at a time. So do that for yourself and do 15 minutes at a time, get up 15. And so now I get up an hour earlier than I need to, which people go, oh, you must be crazy. But it's actually like so nice. Like no one bothers yep. me. It's kind of dark outside and I can put the little fairy lights on. Like I make it. And go get a herbal tea and then I journal. Yeah, it's my time. And then you feel a bit more in control of the day. Yeah, so, I mean, it's talk to yourself, you know, like we've said this before, don't kind of frown upon yourself and go, oh, you know, you're no good and why are you doing this? Just kind of say, okay, so we've got to change things up a little bit. And be kind to yourself is just Mm. one of the big lessons, I think, especially as, I mean, I'm, I'm sure men do it as well, but, I know so many women that beat themselves up and it's kind of like, why, you know? Yeah. Um, ask your body what it's going through and what, what it does for you every day, you know? It, it's just saying, can you give me a hand here? Come on, mama. Make yep. it a little bit easier for you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Okay, so um, one tip for Food. Food. I would say my biggest tip would be eat as many greens as you can because it just helps flush the liver and de- help with the detox. So it works on weight gain, it works on energy, it works on, works on clearer skin, works on sleep. It works on so many aspects just by doing more greens. Yeah, and mine would be that plus probably water. Yeah. I think you probably need a lot more water. Yeah. Um used to and you probably need a lot more sleep than you used to yeah it's probably the quality of sleep so that's probably the next thing on my list is is identifying ways to help um our clients get more better sleep yeah because we've we've talked about in our sleep um segment about um don't engage your brain into thinking what's going to go go on in the the day it's just like go for a pee and go back to sleep now. And it's, yeah. you've got to talk to yourself like you are a little baby because you, your um, your subconscious will just gonna go off then, won't it? If you if you're not keeping it in a in a calm, relaxed state. Exactly. So don't turn on the lights and don't wake yourself up properly. Yeah, th- little tips like look at how you can, especially if you've got a partner that's you know like a big hot water bottle beside you how can you keep your environment a little bit cooler? And um, my advice is kind of probably natural fibres and maybe they can, um, you know, bring the sexy back and um, (laughs) don't wear their their big um, windset nighties anymore. Yeah, you might have to change up the night attire and just start wearing um, very little. Yeah, so... um, you know, that could be a positive. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and I also think um, if you weren't doing it before, um, having a natural cotton, people quite, some some people like silk for their pillowcase. I think cotton or, or linen is the best personally. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I find the cotton, but the, um, like the 400 thread. So it feels quite silky. 
but I find the cotton yeah. is a bit more breathable than the silk for some reason and, and doesn't stain and because you do get hot you do get hotter at night so uh, but and try and keep your bedroom cooler so if you've got aircon, and I know in New Zealand it's a little bit different, but here in Australia, you can put the aircon on before you go to bed. So the room's cooler when you go to bed, then turn it off, obviously. And then you will find it easier to get to sleep if you're one of those people that um, struggles yeah. to get to sleep. I don't know. You, um, this has been one of the hottest summers on record, I think. It's been the, the lowest it's been at night is 18 degrees. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just been so muggy. You know how those Auckland nights can be so muggy? Yeah. So um, just feel really sorry for people that are going through hot flushes because it's hot enough as it is. Yeah. Uh, so I I would suggest just um, have layers on the bed that you can pull it on and off. Yeah. You do find sometimes if you're not going through a hot flush, then you still you might still get cold. Um and also, if you had a hot flush, um, people have told me they wake up soaking wet. Yes. So you don't want to sleep being wet. You don't want to get, um, get a cold. Exactly. There's all these revolting viruses going around. Yeah. I mentioned it We don't like talking about that one. Um, <laughs> I've had yeah, two so hot flushes like that in my whole entire life, and I never knew what they were like. But I woke up and I went, oh, I need to go to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom I thought, I'm actually soaking wet. And then, so I got changed, obviously, and then went back to bed and went, oh, it's all wet here. So I had no idea that it was wet. So I've done that as twice. Yeah. So, yeah, my um, experience is it's been, I've been fine. And then all of a sudden, all I can explain, it's like this thermometer is just increasing this temperature. And I notice it's more my chest area. Yeah. And it's like my heart starts to pound. And it's like, if you can imagine inside my body, my heart feels like it's going about three times the normal speed. Yeah. And then it's just the temperature, my temperature, poor temperature is just building up and up and up. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then I'm just like fighting out of the blankets. Yeah. I'm throwing all my clothes off. And then it just passes. Yeah. Like, what? That <laughs> really was awful. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I've got a girlfriend who will be sitting there and she's been going through this for about 10 years and you just see her and she just gets these um, layers of, of sweat mm. and it just starts down in forehead. Yeah, so sometimes you can get, so there's um, hot flushes and flashes. So in America they call it flashes, but that's that when it, during the day you get the heat kind of, and it, you can see the heat change colour and, you know, I've had a girlfriend too. In fact, she was getting about 10 a day. Oh, I don't know how she survived. Anyway, I got her sorted. <laughs> but yeah. she was literally taking off clothes. Like we'd go out for dinner and she'd be taking off clothes. I'm like, oh, are you right? She, yeah, it's okay. Then she'd put them all back on because she'd get cold. So your heat regulation part, which is coming from your brain, yeah. is all over the show. It doesn't know what's going on. So you do need to make sure you don't go too cold either. Uh, hydration. Getting back to the adrenal glands, like a good herbal yep. tonic. Yeah, so yeah, good herbal tonic, uh, plenty of water, no alcohol. So for the ladies yeah. that I've mainly treated with the hot flushes, alcohol has been a major thing. Not everyone, but 90%. Um, just to really 
as it means protest. Yeah. Or you've said just get rid of it. I'm sorry for the moment. Well, for the moment. For the moment. Yeah. Yeah. On spicy foods. Yep. And it's like, you know what, you can do a bit of a test. Like use yourself as a guinea pig. Do uh, five days without alcohol and then you can have the weekend where you can have, you know, do whatever you want. And then do the next, uh, do it for four weeks. And the difference can be like life-changing. And then they're like, oh, yeah, hang on. If, if you feel it, you'll notice a little bit of a pattern going on, even if the pattern's erratic. Yep. Um, same as what we probably would have got with someone who's going through puberty or yeah. um, pregnant. Um, you, there is a pattern to, to it all. Yes. Um, so your body is trying to cope with hormonal changes, basically. Yeah, yeah. And again, looking at some some of the herbs, like the herbs that are in Pro Tandem work really well. And I find that that's that genetic side because we can be a little bit more, I would say, predisposed to how you're going to go through menopause, depending on your mother's reaction. However, saying that, like probably you and me, um, my mum had a hysterectomy. So sometimes we don't have any knowledge of what our normal menopausing time would be the younger generation who potentially are coming into perimenopause now that may not be um correct because potentially their mums didn't have hysterectomies it was kind of like a thing uh when our parents were that age (laughs) sounds horrible isn't it but it was kind of like everyone was having issues they didn't know so much now as they do now and Let's take the room out then. Yeah, it's just kind of what they did. <laughs> Sounds a bit archaic, doesn't it? Like it wasn't that long ago, but um, wow. we know a lot more now. Research has moved ahead quite a lot. And the more we yeah. can talk about it, the more we can support each other. And I think that's the other key is talk to your girlfriends about it. Yeah. And just go, for, you know, like, but but the other thing is get get lots of ideas about what may help. And there's a whole lot of stuff that does work and doesn't work and everyone is different. So you also got to go, what makes me feel right? You know, what feels right in my body so that you go down that pathway because what's right for you isn't necessarily right for someone else. Yeah, like if you have been susceptible to stress, then that might be one of your reactors. Um, if you have had a whole lot of allergies during your life, then that could be it. If you if your weight's been up and down, then that could be the thing as well. Whereas, like you and I, if you, if we've been kind of um, more into holistic living, I believe you don't always you know have have the same reactions. But saying that, I think because I am so in tune with my body, I notice them more. Yeah. Um, but I can normally do something about it because I'm noticing it. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, like if I put in something and my body reacts or, or doesn't like it, I can feel it. And I'll say to people, don't you feel that? And they'll go, no. It's like I'm always bemused about people that will just throw so much alcohol into their system and they don't seem, yeah, they might have that hangover the next day, but they don't seem to notice much else. Mm. And I'm just like, surely you must feel that in your gut. You must feel that in your skin. Doesn't your skin feel dehydrated? And I'm kind of like going on to them and they're like, no. It's just, wow. Yeah. And that's what I was saying before about um, you need to be at a certain level of wellness before you can know 
have that knowing of what feels right and what doesn't feel right. Yeah. And getting back to diet, um, I would tell everyone to cut out any processed sugar. Yes. And processed food matter. Yep. Um, sugar again will, will spike up um, your body temperature and it will influx your hormones. It's going to cause uh, um, inflammation in your body. Yep. Um, it's, it's nothing good about sugar. So that, that's one of the big ones. But unfortunately, a lot of women crave cakes and mm. sugary food, don't they? Yeah. Um, I would say, too, if you're craving sugary stuff, because it can happen and, and it totally is going to give you joint aches and pains, muscle aches and pains, hot flushes, all those things, weight gain. But, um, you know, use like sweet potato, um, pumpkin, kumara, all those kind of carbs and roast them in the evening with your evening meal because it takes and make sure you're getting enough fats, like good fats, because it takes yeah. some of that sugar craving away. So during the day, you could have like bliss balls with lots of coconut or almond butter, you know, those kind of things that are fats and proteins together. Yeah, and, you, and we've talked about, you know, having the berries and um, having the natural the natural sugars and fruits and stuff. And yeah. um, you, you just, you know, you can actually make a treat with all those natural foods yeah. that will be as delicious, if not nicer, Mm. than a protein cake so it's just about kind of finding that that um what works for you in that time to give yourself a big bit more tlc i i, I kind of find yeah um and, yeah. and your a slower pace becomes your next your better norm you know yeah and you talked about that rushing woman syndrome mm. um it's not good for you so it's your body's way i reckon of slowing down yeah it's like stop and smell the roses don't really remember that one yeah exactly and I think as you um then come through you know you go through menopause and then you're on and post menopause which is after you've finished all your periods you still may get symptoms but I think the symptoms dramatically reduce so that's good to know <laughs> you're not going to have these symptoms forever um but the thing is then you actually so so this actually happened to me a little bit but uh, I hear it a lot. You you feel like you want to slow down. So I call it, I lost my mojo. You know, like I don't have that drive or competitive edge kind of thing. Like I don't have that real I drive. <laughs> I, I do a little bit. Well, you're never going to lose it completely. But I don't have that real hardcore, like, going to go for it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and I think that's the yeah. normal process. So kind of it's really nice to celebrate that because you think, you know what, well, I don't have to go hard anymore. Just take the easy route. <laughs> Just go with the flow. You know, do I have to be so structured? You know, like just start moving into that next phase of life and, and start bringing in more stuff of self-care or time out or reading or doing crosswords or you know, things like that. But do move your yeah. body. Do, don't not move That's your body. Um, the exercise is amazing, uh, but I, I enjoy the other side of the exercise. So that could be just my motivation on, on the days that I'm like, oh, I'm exhausted. Mm. You know, I could easily stay in bed or not go to the gym. Yeah. 
But the days that I push myself and I do that exercise, yeah, I feel better afterwards. And it's yes. um, it's kind of telling your body too that we want those natural endorphins still. And yep. um, don't change too much of that if it's working. If if you're getting too too sore, yeah, you might mm. have to look at changing up your exercise. Yeah. Um, like would you change up your food or change up your um, skin regime, but nothing too drastic, I find. It's just mm. uh, little tweaks here and there becomes your next new normal. Yeah. So we're going through a new chapter. And also it's good to point out with exercise too, sometimes with changing stuff, because your estrogen is getting less and less, it means that your muscle mass is getting less and less. So you have to do more to maintain your muscle just to maintain it, not even to build it. So if you've never done strength training before, now is the time. <laughs> and if you follow Dr. Stacey Sims, who I think is a Kiwi, actually, she is a great um, exercise physiologist. Well, actually, I think she's a bit more than that. But um, look her up if you haven't heard of her. Stacey Sims. And she's awesome. written this book called Raw, as in R-O-A-R, Raw, Raw. And she has a part in there, yeah, on menopause and exercise and how you need to rebuild your muscle. And also she reckons women need, after a certain age, like 40, need to lift heavier weights, but for a shorter, um, you know, like so don't do high reps. You do low yep. reps but high weights. Interesting. But it would be a little bit hard. Yeah. Yeah, women that have never done much exercise to all of a sudden we're telling them to do Yeah, you got it. Yeah. So again, That's you know, right. yeah. I'll, I'll say to start start as start soon as slowly. Can, yeah. Build up to this, you know, keeping yes. your body kind of strong and healthy. Yeah. And that's um, the way to look at it as strong, strong, healthy body rather than a whatever you're thinking Fast. about it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so with your personal exercise regime, has that changed much over the years, in the last 10 or so years? Yeah, you know what? I have done more yoga and Pilates than um, previously, and I think that was a bit of core strength, stability, um, definitely the strength side of things, and stretching. So that yoga... Like I would be more inclined, yeah, before that to do full on like power yoga, a yin girl or something, because I like that kind of thing. But I made myself do yin yoga or restorative yoga because I was already doing a lot of a lot of cardio. So it's like, you know what, I have to do something to lengthen the ligaments, to stretch out, because you just get tighter as you get older. Like everything thins, you know, less estrogen means everything's thinning. So yes, your skin. But also all your muscles. Yeah. So, oh, yep. where the where the the um, bringers of great news today? I tell I you. know, but it's all about managing it so you can enjoy it, and you know, the, there's lots of benefits afterwards, like no periods. Yeah, I'd be pretty scared if I heard this, to be honest, and I hadn't um, prepared. <laughs> I wasn't dishing out this advice. I'd be like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? But I, I, you know. As I say, the, the more that you're coping and you're slowed down, um, the more your body is going to adjust to all of this. Yeah, and also some people really sail through menopause and they get to the other side and they go, oh, that was it. So not everyone has bad symptoms 
and not everyone has any symptoms, but most people do. <laughs> so yeah. use, use that as a guide yeah, to wellness. Explain that this is still going on in your body and um, just need to give it a helping hand and yeah, and put, put in more nutrients and calm it down and um, do the best you can like you would with a, a supporting hand for someone else that was yeah. reaching out to you. It should be reaching out to you. So, so I love it and, and look after it. Mm. Um, is that kind of covered everything? Um, I guess I, I would just kind of maybe add to that that with the sagging skin and the sagging muscles, um, we would change that up a little bit. I'd probably yeah. um, more of a, a tightening kind of um, skin treatment and more intense creams, yeah, um, probably oil-rich ones that um, clients might need all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, I find that they need to be a bit more flushed out, you know, as in to get rid of that kind of grey look. Um, you know, probably need to do a little bit of um, detoxing or exfoliation um, a bit more than, you know, to give it that helping hand. Yeah. Um, it's definitely the time. Add? Yeah, it's definitely the time I find to really amp up or change your skincare. So what worked in the past will not be working now, because you've got to feed it premium nutrients. So use peptides and serums and boosters and all those kind of goodies that are clean as in non toxic to really get your skin moving so think of it like it's got to do its little exercise routine as well <laughs> so you've just got to feed it the nutrition so it can get moving so so that it can stay youthful and plump so you need hyaluronic acid a lot more um you need to exfoliate a bit more you were naturally going to get drier so that's where the you know the oil-based uh creams become better and the exfoliation because that all slows down. So we need to get rid of the dead skin cells so we yeah. can really get the nutrients in. But we don't, you know, don't have those those blockages and, and um we're feeding kind of the live cells rather than just what's gonna slough off anyway. Yep, that's it. Yep, and you've got to remind and, and just, it. That, uh, just that re um I was gonna say reaction, that action of sloughing off your skin is gonna get the circulation going as well. So that's yeah. Uh, another helping hand. Yep, that makes yeah, sense. So, really um, I guess the brain fog is the best, the big thing is sleep. Um, there's the other um, supplements and stuff like the um, Pro Tandem and stuff, which we can actually target areas of the brain now. Omegas um, are really good also for the brain yeah. fog. Yep. And obviously, all these things can be a subject of their own. So, yeah. yeah. We can Actually, a little quick that. fix for brain fog is um, look at nuts and seeds because they're usually fairly balanced with their um, fats and protein and it seems to work really well for brain fog, that, especially like walnuts and Brazil nuts and because you're getting yeah, a lot and, of nutrients. Yeah, and going back to Mother Nature, how clever she is, um, good old walnuts, when you crack them open, they just look like the brain. Yeah. They do the job really well. So exactly. Um, I think we've kind of covered everything, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, that's a pretty good but overview. Just, yeah. So just to kind of reframe all that, we're talking about maybe looking at, at your adrenal glands and, and getting some herbs for that. Um, have you got a fast heart rate? You know how to slow that down with 
meditation and um, deep breathing? Have you all of a sudden developed allergies and food or product? Um, maybe gut reactions, weight gain. Um, most of my clients go up. Have you had clients that maybe lose weight? I haven't had hardly any that have lost weight. Yeah, it's normally um, gain weight because everything's gone slower. Yeah. Sagging of skin and maybe congestion of skin because things aren't kind of flowing the way they they were. You know, maybe the colour has changed. You've got a little bit greyer or something. Mm. Um, brain fog. Um, you mightn't remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> You're um, so funny. You, you, could, you could suddenly have cravings. You might have... Um, lack of strength in your muscles or sagging muscles or um, just your body density has changed. Um, you could just feel that from your clothes, that they just feel different, maybe tighter around the waist or yeah. something. Um, and lower alcohol and anything that can increase that um, hotness or heat in the body, mm. like sugar, um, processed food. Yeah. Actually, there's one thing that we missed, but I know that's a whole big subject on its own. We probably won't start that, but I will just mention low libido can actually be a sign. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so don't think you're abnormal if that's happening to you. It could be just another, just a mental note to go, okay, maybe estrogen's going down and I'm in perimenopause and there's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, you might get any of these signs, but mm -hmm. they're just little things to look out for. Um, you need someone's help if you're getting all of these. Yep. <laughs> we'll have to peel back the onion and see what's going on. But, um, yeah, there is um, there is help out there and it's not as bad as it sounds. Um, and, if, and if you are having a bad reaction, most days we can, you know, anything can be controlled these days. It's kind of trying to find out why and what your body's trying to tell, tell you, whether yeah. it's just calming that stress or, or whatever, yeah. or calming yourself. And that's the difference between asking your girlfriends, which I do think is still good to do, but also if you are struggling with something or noticing changes, it's also good to talk to a health professional or, say, a holistic practitioner like one of us. That can just, you know, we can cut to the chase because we see hundreds of these cases and we go, right, that's X, Y, Z. So that might be liver or that might be adrenals or that might be... <laughs> gut health so you can actually start at the root cause far quicker and get through your symptoms a lot quicker so that would that would be my tip okay until next week we will discuss something completely different and we're not going to tell you yet no <laughs> you'll be surprised <laughs> okay right. until next yep. time holistically and look after yourself bye bye and there we go I hope you enjoyed this episode of Holistic Conversations with Vicky and Bron on all things living well, being healthy and having gorgeous skin so you can thrive and live with vitality. Follow the podcast on this platform if you enjoyed the episode and want to hear more. You'll be notified when we upload new episodes. If you loved what you heard, share and follow us on our platforms and drop us a note on what you'd like to hear more of. Until next week.